You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's News and Insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Tax Wrap, uh, episode number 73. It's our pot- weekly podcast. This is a kind of a special one because it's post budget. Uh, we've all just been, um, actually, before I turned on the mic, been talking about um, how we would, we would describe the latest uh, federal budget. And um, I'm, I'm going to volunteer three words vanilla with spice. Uh, but I've got Andy, Lisa and Dennis with me. Andy, how would you describe the last federal, latest oh. federal budget? Hi, Steve. I would say it's inoffensive. It's licorice all sorts. Everybody's a little bit of a winner and uh, nobody's you know, going to be uh, crying towards this uh, upcoming election. Well, so the election is well and truly on the way and uh, it's all going to be fought, I suppose, over these budget issues. How about you, Lisa? If you had one word, what do you think? Well, since you stole my vanilla with spice one, Sorry. I will give you another one that just came into my head. I think... Um, Lying by omission. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Um, Dennis? Um, I'd actually call it a crackle. So it's not even on tray before the mains. It's just a crackle that you get. <laughs> uh, there are certainly more things that, I, that will have to come out of this because uh, different thresholds and numbers and there's, there's, there's going to be lots of bickering over them. That's, I, I did notice that there's a few numbers left out. I mean, the... Uh, uh, low value threshold for GST. That's going to be welcomed by retailers, of course, but there was no mention of what that threshold value might be, which is um, surprising for me. There were a few surprises. What do you think, guys? What what surprised you about this budget? Yes, Steve, the, the budget for me, particularly around small business, um, we at Taxpayers Australia did put through a pre-budget submission. And one of the things that we did um, recommend to the government was to actually increase the small business turnover threshold, which currently sits at $2 million. So what we said to the government was perhaps take on recommendations from the Board of Taxation to increase that to $5 million. And that report came out a couple of years back. So, so the government, to our delight and to our surprise, has increased that to $10 million, or they propose to. And so, but it does have a couple of little hidden um, issues behind that. Um, Firstly, that $10 million does apply to all businesses. However, if you want to access the small business CGT concessions, for example, that still sits at $2 million, that threshold. And if you have a taxpayer who wants to access the tax discount for unincorporated businesses that came out of last year's budget, that 5% discount, now that's, that threshold's actually $5 mil. So this creates a number of different administrative headaches, particularly for practitioners and taxpayers in working out which concessions apply to me. So it does create that additional layer of confusion. And that's why we're probably a little bit frustrated, I think, Andy, because we were hoping for proper tax reform. We spent a lot of hours that we'd love to get our charge-out rates back on, um, putting in our white paper, um, our tax reform white paper, and it's still Band-Aid solution. So I think the real winners out of this is probably advisors' fees, Steve, is where I'm seeing it. I think our members will be will be rubbing their hands together with glee, going, fantastic, more complexity. As long as we understand it, we'll be able to charge the punters for it. <laughs> I suppose that's right. It's a charge-out uh is something to be happy about out of this budget, but um, uh, you're right, Andy, and and you too, Lisa, there's a little bit of complexity that's going to um, have us scratching our heads for a little while, but I'm sure we'll get around it. Of course, listeners come to us with a, to exp- for explanations and further articles and analysis uh, in the, as time goes by. Yeah, so one of the other things, Steve, that we also uh, put in our pre-budget submission was to keep the $20,000 instant asset right off permanent. Now, 
there was supposedly talk that that might have been the case, but uh, in this budget that never came to light. So what has happened is because of the increase in that threshold to 10 million, it just opens up a lot more taxpayers to that $20,000 write-off, but it is, after all, temporary. So what we will see is that that, that um, concession will uh, cease to exist from 30 June 2017. That's right, yep. Um, well, that's a... a, a Another thing, um, Dennis, you might like to address this is um, I noticed that the uh, was it the concessionary uh, contribution level dropped to twenty five thousand, so you can't more or less salary sacrifice to super um, any more than twenty five thousand. I think from July next year. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's exactly right. You can salary sacrifice less amount from first of July. So, um, but the the biggest surprise really was the. A lifetime cap mm. on non-concessional contributions. Um, just uh, for the background, we had before the budget we had a, an annual cap on non-concessional contributions of 180,000, and once the budget was announced, that all changed to half a million. Now, the, for the purposes of half a million, the countdown actually starts on the 1st of July 2007. So uh, there will be a lot of superannuants who are um, who have contributed and who might have used up that limit already. So that was uh, that was um, very surprising, and it's it is a little bit drastic, and a lot of things will are expected to come out of it because that really limits your ability to invest within super. Because for some investments, you need. Um, quite large initial outlays. Yeah, so, Dennis, we were talking about it, like it might have an impact on LRBAs and in, and investments in real property and things like that, wasn't it? Yes, exactly, because for any real property, you need a sizable deposit, especially with more uh, tight lending criteria right now due to the um, uh, more restrictions in the banking area. Yeah, and the um, safe harbour limits for LRBAs that came out last week as well. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be very interesting what the law is going to say in the detail, but also how it's going to be policed and implemented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so why do you think, what's the rationale behind introducing that, Dennis? What do you think the government's rationale is? Well, the rationale uh, behind the majority of the super changes that came through the budget was to limit the availability of super as a tax planning device. Um, that's reflected very well in changes to transition to retirement. So transition to retirement pensions lose the tax exemption. So any earnings within the super that pays uh, the TRIS, transition to retirement, are still taxed at 15%. So normal tax rules apply. Um, Behind the limit on non-concessional contributions, um, that's more to do with uh, preventing the superannuation system being used as a as an estate planning device. So all the investment, the the government is looking that people will hold their investments not predominantly predominantly in super. Mm -hmm. That's that's something I think they're addressing here is that whatever excess funds people have will be invested outside of super, really. Mm. Can, can I just ask, Dennis, um, regarding the transition to retirement income stream uh, change, 
and I ask this for selfish reasons because I've just entered into one. Yes, self, uh, self-interest, Steve, yeah. self-interest. <laughs> Tell me, is any existing arrangements grandfathered or does, do we know, was there an announcement about uh, whether the change is uh, going to take effect on existing arrangements? Um, interestingly, interestingly enough, there were not many changes that were actually that have grandfathering clauses, so the changes will come in and affect everybody, mm. uh, whether it's a change to contributions, transition to retirement income streams, or even existing pensions. There is a limit on pension uh, balances of 1.6 million, so the existing pensioners will have to readjust uh, their arrangements within super. So what if you do have that much or more than that already in the account? What happens to the, to the balance? Um, there is a date at which, by which you will have to reduce um, the pension, the balance of the superannuation that supports your pension. And um, two simplest ways of doing that, um, either to take a lump sum or to convert part of the balance back into accumulation mode. Now the difference the difference between the two is obviously anything any investments that are held in accumulation mode um, are taxed at fifteen uh, percent. Looks like Steve that uh, Dennis will be sending you his bill very shortly. Oh, okay, fair enough too with the the, the advice I'm going to be needing. So um, what we're sort of thinking about now is what else wasn't in the budget. And the thing that I know members have been jumping up and down about is this backpacker tax. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was all in the news recently and uh, there was no announcement at all about the backpacker tax? No, and I'm noticing that a lot of the tourism associations and also the primary production organisations are jumping up and down going, we need some certainty. So I think the last thing that we heard from Treasury was that they're going to review it. But at the moment, it's in. So therefore, as of 1 July, if any of our members or any of the practitioner are advising primary production or people that are hiring um, backpackers on 457 visas, they've got to withhold from 1 July this year. So this is going to be very, very interesting, I think. I think I read only this morning that um, the government had already factored in the, um, onto the revenue side of things that, that uh, uh, the backpacker tax. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see. But look, things can change, of course, but... That's what's going to be so interesting over the next, uh, what is it, eight weeks to the election? That's right, yes. Yeah. So hopefully the um, the Prime Minister over the next couple of days will go see the Governor-General uh, and call for Parliament to um, uh, to stop and basically we'll, go to, we'll have an eight-week, essentially, election campaign. So these measures aren't in concrete, so you can still change it through your, the power of your vote. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be very interesting, I think, because I, th- I would have thought that when um, Malcolm became leader of the Liberal Party, therefore Prime Minister, I think a lot of people thought it would have been a lay-down misere going into um, the next election. But I think that uh, with his on-again, off-again budget reforms that have been sort of done by by nudging, if I can use that terminology. Um, well, interesting to see what happens on the 2nd of July. So I think all of us at taxpayers are scratching our heads going, well, is this budget a pre-election budget, which it is? What's going to go through? Is the Liberal Party going to get back in? When are the laws actually going to come into play? And when are we going to see some certainty? Because as Dennis said about the superannuation, we're not sure exactly 
you know, the, the, the mechanisms, mechanisms behind it. That 1.6 million seems to be, well, how's that, you know, going to work? How's the, the 25K seems like we know how that's going to work because it's just changing a number. But, you know, this lifetime cap really worries me, Dennis, on how that's really going to look going forward. Exactly. And it's, um, it's also subject to the normal investments, investment risk of any investment. Um, the cap effectively limits uh, your ability to um, to fix your portfolio if something unforeseen happens within the markets or within any investments you entered into. So effectively, people um, uh, will sort of have one shot in many instances to build up their superannuation. Yeah, and the benefit of the $1.6 billion in super is that it's it's sort of locked in, it's preserved. I hate using the word preserved because it's got another meaning, but you know, having it in super means that there's strict rules around being able to withdraw it, but it looks like the determination, 1.6 million, that seems a little bit, my feeling is a bit low, especially for me. If you, if you put 1.6 times 2% or whatever the interest rate is, I can't live on that. Um, so you know, is it too low? And um, investments outside the super system, to fund our retirement, we can do whatever we like that. We can go to Mr. Packer's Casino. We can go on a nice overseas trip. We can, you know, put put the money on the nags or whatever. So it's quite interesting, that dilemma and how they've come up with that number. You're right, Lisa. It makes me think that, uh, well, is this going to perhaps coerce um, retirees to take more risk than they perhaps should? Hmm. You know? And that's, that's why I think there was no cap previously. It was to encourage people to you know, not rely on the pension. You know that, Steve. You know, you and I have been paying super for many more years than what our comrades sitting next to us have been. Um, and it's always been designed for that. Lisa, you're just giving away our ages there. Well, uh, you already admitted, admitted and got um, advice from Dennis on Tris, so I think I can admit <laughs> True. that. True. Yeah, so I can admit that, um, like, my super balance, I'm, I'm wanting to put more money in. So, I mean, I think I know that a lot of our, our, our listeners and a lot of our practitioner members who join our discussion groups and things like that are really going, let's do what we can with super before 30 June while we've still got some certainty. And that's what they cry out for as well, certainty. And I, I know that the other super associations are going, oh, no, we're in, we're in more uncertain terms than, than normal. So it's, it's, look, it's going to be watch this space. So I think after talking about this, this budget is becoming a little bit more confusing because it is a pre-election budget. So inoffensive, maybe it's a bit more offensive than we think, Andy. Absolutely. I mean, we're reading in the press there is potentially a $1 billion war chest for the governments as well because the budget papers revealed undercounted expenditures. So so we'll see if there's any further election sweeteners uh, going through this eight-week process. Just one last thing I wanted about surprises. I'd only read this morning that the uh, Medicare rebate has been frozen until 2020. So the uh, uh, when you go to the doctor, the gap that you might have to pay is uh, only over time going to keep increasing, which is, um, worries me a little bit. But um, there you go. All right, guys, thank you very much for the discussion. There has been a few surprises in this budget. And, um, you know, uh, listeners, keep an eye on what we're going to be coming out with in the next few weeks about uh, the changes and how it affects you. Thanks for listening. And um, please um, tune in next week for episode 74.